What's up, everybody? Alex here for One Hour In Podcast 9 with Jamil Jamal. Not just a good buddy of mine, but also very educated on climate change, modern recycling solutions, and the um, R&D that goes into buffering and even undoing some of the damage done to planet Earth. Because it's easy to forget our carbon footprint while we sit in a cushy car at the drive-thru, buying convenience food in plastic containers. So we covered a lot of ground about this, and we even tied it up within a motorsports context regarding Formula One, Formula E, and the electrification of, well, everything. Jamil Jamal, ladies and gents, on One Hour In Podcast number nine. Here we go. JJ. Alex. What's going on, brother? What's up, buddy? How are you? Good. Good. How are you, man? Good to see you. (laughs) Good to see you, too. Are you um, you excited for spring yet? I'm I'm getting the itch. I'm thinking about bikes. I'm thinking about well, motorcycles, I, yeah. sunshine. I can imagine for you, it's, it's exciting. I don't, winter, I don't, man. I don't have any toys. No, no toys, buddy. No, no toys bikes. No bicycles. No motorcycles. How do you do it? No cars. Nothing. I don't know. I mean, you have a car. It's just not a toy. Well, it's not a toy car. It's a daily driving car. Yeah. So it's not really the same excitement. You need a toy, man. I know. I, um, yeah, I don't know how you do it actually. Cause I know it's so in you. Yeah. I mean, we literally met through racing, right? Like yeah, when exactly. I, when I moved back to Ottawa, autocross, autocross and then, which I can't stand anymore. Yeah. Oh my God. It was great experience. Like it's great to start. Like if yeah. the very beginning of your motorsports career, but yeah. man, it's so boring. I mean, well, career is, is sorry. Is, I, yeah, I didn't like, mean career. We're, we're amateurs. Here. Okay. Let's yeah. Not, yeah. I didn't mean career. Let's not. Uh, your motorsports hobby <laughs> it's so boring dude like eight hours out there for literally yeah. six to eight minutes of runtime yeah i couldn't do it anymore i'm like i i don't care and in all fairness i mean you're right it's eight hours that you're there but you know you're you're really there for for your six to seven minutes of glory right yeah because you're gonna get five to six runs or so yeah that approximately about well, a minute well, remember, uh, like at the tail end of when we were doing autocross, how many people were there? Yeah, we were lucky to get six runs in. Yeah, we had days with over like, 130 cars. Yeah, and it was stuff. it was crazy. I so, was like, and yeah. it just kept growing and growing. So I was like, oh, enough of this. It was good times, but then it's like the timing was great because autocross. Well, at least for me, I just found out about it in, in 2008, and then I think by oh, next really? year, Calabogie opened, and then. That was my transition from cars to bikes. Oh. And once I got on two wheels, man, it was like... Oh, you didn't know about autocross before 2008? Not really, to be really? honest. Really? Okay. I was in Calgary and then... What, they don't know, have autocross out in Calgary? They had drag racing. Okay. And uh, they may have had some very like low-key lapping nights, but I think it was... Huh. It's almost like the Miami thing where you have to be, you know, in the know. In the know, and, yeah, yeah. And with the crew and whatever. Mm-hmm. But interesting. Um, I just, you know, I, it's too bad because, well, I literally met you because you had the same yellow vet that I did. So yep. like, I got to go talk to this guy. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a shame because that was such a high performing car. And, and yeah, and I just drag raced it like hundreds of yeah. times, like again, amateur, but just for fun. And I, and I didn't use its potential. Yeah, It's too I, bad. You didn't take it to the track. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun on the track. The track changes things. Yeah. And so. the fact that it's, relatively low cost yeah car yeah to buy yeah. you're not scared about bidding you know a two hundred thousand dollar ferrari or lamborghini right so yeah so it's good from that perspective 
Yeah, because sometimes if you have, you know, if you have a daily driver that you can also double duty for track, yeah. you're always going to be a bit you know, hesitant on it. Yeah. If something happens. Well, didn't you do that with your with your Beamer, the 335? Well, yeah. Didn't you take exactly. it to one track day, right? I, I remember. I did. Yeah, and you were like, you're not obviously going to push it because yeah. you're always it's worried just, like... You have to realize if you crash, you may ride off the vehicle and you have to be okay with that before you even roll out of the gate. And, and that's and coming. I wasn't okay with that. Yeah, and that might be coming out of your pocket. Yeah, that's if it. you aren't able that's to it. swing it correctly, yeah. right? So a track toy that's like five k or whatever, like a track bike. That's yeah, exactly. Know, you, yeah, you a can, tra- it's a heavy bullet, but yeah, you, you can bite it. Yeah, a, a track. Well, yeah. Um, but you know, when you're looking at you know supercars, hypercars, I mean, approaching the million dollar. Well, I mean, those those are for the ultra wealthy, right? Yeah, I mean, when exactly. you're buying a million dollar car, you're you know, you've got hundreds of millions or yeah, or, or, or a billionaire. It's, so it's, it's all relative. Ratio. Yeah, it's relative, right? Sorry, so. I didn't mean to, uh, to cut you off. Yeah. No, it's fine. Uh, so exactly. But I don't know, man. Uh, part of me wants to get by, back into bikes, but then mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, the falling and the braking and the scraping. The risks. Yeah. Yeah. And then all the other stuff like losing limbs or yeah. being paralyzed. You know, i just not really interested in that. Yeah, I feel you, man. I, I don't know. As 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 I've gotten older, I've noticed my body can't take the same kind of, like the recovery time slows down. I guess is the best yeah. way to put it. Well, for and me, it's like, not really. It's not about the recovery time. It's just more about the fear of like those things happening, right? The yeah, the fa- the falling and the breaking and the or yeah. potentially losing a limb or being paralyzed. I mean, and then you get arthritis and like yeah. all your joints that you've yeah. injured before, and then it's, but. For the love of the game. I mean, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. But I, because I've known people that have lost limbs or have yeah. died or have been seriously injured. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. They um, they made, well, I mean, that's that's at the pro level, right? But they made some some advancements in safety for like Formula One, for example. Oh, yeah. And now it's, it, I, oh. mean, I think Ayrton Senna was the last one. No, actually, um, a guy named Jules Bianchi no. died about... Uh, I think in 2012, I want to say, somewhere no around there. But actually, he How didn't... How did I not hear this? So he didn't really die because of the car. Yeah. What happened is there was a monsoon. It, it was in Japan. Okay. And they didn't... The stewards didn't stop the race. They let the race go. Oh, yeah. A yeah. crash happened uh, besides him. So there was a tractor out on the, on the corner, on the sidelines. He hydroplanes straight into the tractor he hit hit his head in in the tractor died instantly so can't really count that as a as a death by the because of lack of safety on the car right it was just a stupid call from the steward right there hasn't been a death you're right since i ayrton senna in formula one so and was that late 80s or in the 90s so uh, it's yeah. been it's been three decades. Yeah, almost three year, thirty and, years. And you know it's unfortunate yeah. that we lost uh, that we you know we did at least lose two people. But but yeah. it's pretty amazing actually considering the speeds that they go yeah. through. Well, I mean in the, the level of in the eighties and the seventies and the sixties they lost a lot of drivers. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I mean. So like the advancements have you know yeah. made it a lot a lot safer. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, like it's almost like it's lost its its edge a little bit. You no? think? Yeah. You... Well, from what I heard, I mean, I uh, you know, because they used to have those crazy V ten 
high revving motors that mm-hmm. sounded like insane. Like that yeah. was that's why you went to F1, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then I, I think I don't know. I missed out. You did. Now they're turbo, and now they're, they're turbo. They're quiet. They've got the curse system and all the regenerative stuff. It's yeah. not the same, but yeah. I, I guess it makes sense because they have to trickle down that, like, to make it economically feasible for Ferrari or McLaren, or you know, to to, to build these crazy expensive motors and they're yeah. very low production numbers. So right. the manufacturing costs are insane. The yeah. R and D is insane. Yeah. So the only way to make it worthwhile is to be able to trickle down that technology yeah, exactly. to the consumer market. Yeah. Which is why, you know, like now we have um, much more turbo cars as opposed to larger yeah, engine cars. Because of emissions, emissions standards and, and whatever. That's the old adage, right? Race on Sunday, sell on Monday thing. So, yeah, you know, if 50 you're, years later, yeah. Yeah, if, <laughs> if your car is, you know, doing well, then you're going to gravitate towards that, right? And yeah. if that technology is the best, then that's the kind of car that you eventually want. So, and it's true, yeah. though, that that stuff does eventually trickle down. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. Carbon fiber was pioneered by by Formula One. And now we have it right. in road cars 30 years right. later, you know? Right. So. Right. Yeah, it's amazing to see how it's it's evolving. Even uh, I was in an Uber the other day. It was like one of these new Toyota Camrys. Like, I can't believe I'm talking about a Toyota Camry on a podcast. Mm. But it was one of those hybrid Camrys. Oh, yeah. It was actually, it was the brand new generation that just came out, I think, last mm-hmm. year. But it was so quiet, man. It, it was, it was serenely quiet yeah i mean like that that's what you expected out of a hundred thousand dollar top of the line luxury car yeah. some 20 years ago and 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 but in and, and it wasn't like completely silent they had that electric like like you know okay. that, that little wine wine yeah has. like an rc car and <laughs> you just you feel like you're in the future like so so that car so that car and the priors are electric and then the motor regens the battery is that how it works i'll be super honest bro i have such little interest in yeah. that i haven't researched it. yeah but i mean I, I i think it's amazing what they've been able to do and yeah, definitely. not only for efficiency but even for power adders now mm-hmm. it's now electric like at, you know when the priuses first came out it's yeah like, it was like right yeah. but now it's being used to enhance performance to pre-spool turbo exactly to, yeah um, that's what they're and, doing in the mclaren p1 it's right. they're using the electric motor as a as a torque fill for the for the um, yeah. turbos so that they're spooled up all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess eventually they're going full electric. Well, uh, like Tesla, like Porsche, like yeah. GM. Yeah. Eventually the all all the car companies are going to electrify. That's the way of the future, right? Didn't Volkswagen just recently say they've stopped any development, development of for internal combustion and, yeah, engines yeah. because exactly obviously the future is the future is electric yeah so and they're literally one of the big if, if not the biggest the biggest car company in the world they're bigger than gm yes so the writing's on the wall yeah if the biggest car company of the world decides yeah. to pull the plug on developing mm-hmm. engines that require fuel right maybe that's too broad of a of a paraphrasing but yeah well i mean all electric essentially also they are they're also doing it as a marketing thing too because of the whole diesel gate that happened a few years ago so that's probably spurring them on a little faster so it's pretty clever actually yeah so yeah and because of the fine they're actually using that money the, the money that's coming from the fine is going to be used to build a charger network throughout uh throughout the world so oh really yeah okay yeah 
How sorry? How how so? The fine? How is that linked to them? So the the fine that the governments are gonna like the money the government is gonna get through right. the fine. Oh, it's uh, imposed the, on. Yeah, them it's too. gonna be imposed. Build. Yeah, I think it's either monetary, either that or they build the 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 electro the uh, charger network. It's one of one of the two. So the choice is obvious. Yeah, I mean, there's still a monetary amount that they are gonna yeah. get charged, but I I think it's in conjunction with that. So yeah, that's kind of a two part thing. So they probably have to pay more money if they weren't. If they weren't, network, yeah. But it yeah. just they made it win-win. It's it's kind of turning for them, it into yeah, a positive. Exactly. Well, both for the infrastructure side and yeah, then, both know, for us, yeah. for them eventually in the future when all their cars wow. are more electric and we're getting off fossil fuels, you know. So it's really not inconceivable to see, say, twenty years from now when five G grids are going to be implemented. Or however many g's it's going to have 9.7 by then and and all the cars are going to talk to each other through yeah. the interconnectivity that yeah. is from smart streets and like right like they're going to equip sensors yeah. everywhere and yeah. literally the entire city as you know it will be a smart in the future city. will be a smart yeah. city mm-hmm. just like our smart homes are now with yeah. the yeah, it's uh it's weird man it's, yeah. we're trying to perfect everything at the digital level mm-hmm it's interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting time to be alive. Yeah. And so what's going on with that Formula E thing? Is that going that's is still that increasing? Going. Yeah, in, that's in, going increasing popularity. It's uh it's getting better. So now before you had to switch in the middle of the race because the battery didn't hold the charge. They've advanced mm-hmm. enough now that there's no longer needed to do that. Yeah. You can go full race with no changing cars. Amazing. You just have that? to manage your battery uh charge like you have to be mindful of okay. where you are with that right it's, oh because they probably time it so that yeah. you run out of your last few percent of like yeah two percent yeah you're literally at the end, at of the your end last lap. right so so they've yeah you know move forward and leaps and wow. bounds it's funny enough tesla isn't in that series but you've got like mercedes you've got audi in there the big guys so Tesla's done with racetracks, man. Tesla wants Yeah, to well, I mean Tesla Tesla never <laughs> even came through, you know, racing. It's yeah. it's just basically to electrify auto, uh, automotive world. So But it's interesting you bring that up because I could totally see Tesla getting mm-hmm. involved in this game. Mm-hmm. I, like look what Red Bull did just in terms of marketing. Yeah. And I mean I, I don't think that that's what Elon Musk needs wants to do yeah, necessarily no. with his with his portfolio yeah. of companies. But um yeah, so is well is then is Formula E literally going to start increasing in popularity and and perhaps be a a, a real I would, competitor to Formula 1? I would think it? so. I mean, I mean, you know the article I sent you if the big guys pull out of engine gasoline uh mm-hmm. development, that mm-hmm. could spell the end of Formula 1 as we know it, right? So, yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about tomorrow or in 10 years, but you could see it coming. So Formula E could fill in that space. Wow. You know, and as the cars get faster, they start going to more, you know, uh, uh, legendary racetracks. It'll just gain more and more in popularity. Because right now the yeah. racetracks are street racers, street races. <laughs> and it's very, they're narrow and tight mm-hmm. because of the cars, you know. Uh, yeah. So as as battery technology improves, they're gonna eventually go to you know like the Belgium racetrack and Monaco and Spa. all that and Spa, exactly Spa's, Spa's is Belgium yeah. So once they get to that, I think yeah. it'll completely increase in popularity. Wow. Yeah. Do you feel we're missing out? Uh, in what sense? Like we're we're like, starting to lose that 
the, I don't know, like that mechanical, the mecha- yeah, like that satisfaction of like there's driving yeah. for commuting. There's, yeah, there's your shitty commute, yeah. your traffic and bumper to bumper. Yeah, and then there's like driving, the driving for the pleasure of it, be driven yeah. for the pleasure yeah. of being driven. Like I know the future is electric, mm-hmm. but in terms of the pleasure of driving, I still yeah. want a gasoline engine with an exhaust note and you know a six-speed yeah. manual. Even though those are becoming more and more yeah. rare right but for my daily commute yeah i'm not gonna care that it's an autonomous electric vehicle that takes mm-hmm. me from home to work and back right yeah but it's gonna be it'll eventually just be like um horseback riding right exactly it's you're gonna, gonna have hobby. it's gonna be a hobby right you got your equestrians that go ride their horses and then yeah. and it'll be the same thing for us right yeah we're gonna go to the track ride your motorcycle yeah. drive my you know car yeah, it'll be a niche it'll, it'll be a niche either. exactly really, uh, yeah, yeah. But I guess we have to, man. I mean, look what's happening. You know, we were just talking about how how it's it's been a warmer winter this year. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just maybe I'm just paying more attention now. Mm-hmm. But there's just these uh, wildfires burning all yeah. over the world, right? Like uh, California, mm-hmm. Australia. Uh, I think even Calgary. A few yeah, years Calgary ago. a few years ago. Remember when they had theirs? Yeah. Right, and and. It, I mean, I, I remember Al Gore had this global warming thing. Mm-hmm. It's been like over 15 oh, years probably. Yeah, or more. But it was in the 90s. Honestly, couldn't remember anything except these two sentences or so. And it was that we're going to see an increase in frequency and severity, severity of, of disturbed the, weather, weather patterns right. and natural weather phenomenon right. yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, as far as I can see, 15 years later, I think he was fucking bang yeah. on. Uh, absolutely right. i mean look even our own in our own backyard the tornadoes that happened a couple of years ago in ottawa and mm. the national capital region the flooding the flooding, flooding two yeah. years back to back that happened we didn't grow up with that shit no man. the we flooding the flooding throughout the world the increase in tornadoes and the frequency of tornadoes and the severity yeah. so yeah. so i i'm kind of surprised there's still uh, skeptics climate change skeptics uh when you look at all the you know the papers published and what's happening and we've recorded the last 10 years have been the hottest on record since we've kept records consecutively consecutively so and and from what i've i I have i don't think i've done anywhere close to as much research as mm -hmm. you have but it seems like we've already crossed over the point of no return for a certain foreseeable future yeah like the damage done is we can't undo it right. for x amount of time right it's cooked in the it's cooked into our ecosystem right where i personally don't so i think we will science our way out of this i just don't think we're going to be able to science our way out of hitting that two degree threshold that scientists are talking about which mm-hmm. they say will will hit by 2100 and i've been reading that we might hit that even before the that will hit the two degree uh threshold which is already you know baked into our ecosystem right it's kind of like when you turn on an oven it's yeah. hot and when you turn it off it's still hot until it's gonna take a little while to it's cool gonna down. take a while right yeah. so the amount of carbon we've put in the air since the industrial revolution you know yeah. like that you can't just turn that off overnight yeah so there's there's a lot of new technology technologies coming through though that will hopefully science us out of it and kind of help us out of it like Mm -hmm. carbon recapture technology so it'll basically pulling carbon out of the air and either sequestering it into the ground which is what basically what trees do 
So that's another option is interesting. Yeah. So basically planting a lot of trees helps. And that's the negative feedback loop with uh, wildfires, right? Is that you're burning those trees, which are a carbon store and they're releasing the carbon back into the atmosphere. So you're getting this negative feedback loop, which is not a good thing. But so yeah. there's a Canadian company out in BC called Carbon Recapture. Okay. And uh, that's basically what they're looking into is they're, they've built a system that captures carbon uh, and it does two things. You can either store it in the ground or you they've turned it into fuel. Okay. And you could turn it into fuel to run our existing cars, our so transportation it's like needs. recycling. Recycling. It's still fuel. But it's at still least fuel. It's reused. Right. At, at least we don't have to pump the existing stuff yeah. out of the ground, right? And transport it and refine it. And so. So, how are they doing is they're, they're literally grabbing the, the carbon yeah. molecules yeah. from it's, the atmosphere yeah. through it's, a suction or, it's or a capturing fans. system. Of it's some basically sort or... big fans uh, that just suck the air like a like a vacuum well it's it's a fan yeah it's a fan yeah. it's a big fan yeah. like like your ac fan for example right mm-hmm. but on a bigger scale obviously and then yeah. goes through a process of uh of uh just converting that into fuel and then refining right. it to use it in your in your automobiles or planes right. or whatever and so so they've got a uh, demo site out in bc okay that um i think bill gates has uh, funded Okay. So that's good. And uh, from what they're saying, they would need a thousand of those plants worldwide to get us to a negative carbon sink, meaning that we'll we'll be pulling more carbon out of the air than we're putting in. So. And they do they have a prototype? Yeah. So. So they have it out in Squamish, PC, so and they're running it right at now. A scale issue. Yeah, it's just about scale and money now, right? It's the willingness of governments to do that, right? Wow. So and is a Canadian company. Canadian actually Canada is leading is leading the way in this. There's also other technologies um where they take plastics mm-hmm. and they turn that also into fuel through okay. a process called pyrolysis, which is high heat okay. which decomposes the plastic and then they can use they can use that for fuel. And so this company out in uh in in Ontario is called Sparta. Uh, technologies is using that to fuel their fleet of trucks that go pick up the plastic from you know either landfills or warehouses and stuff so so the answers are coming the answers are there we have the technology it's the willingness and the policies of government to put in the money to put in the effort to start doing this 100 percent, because it takes capital right like and I hope the you know, big boys don't swallow up the small fish because you got these small R&D guys that are yeah. doing the kind of work that you just mm-hmm. mentioned, mm-hmm. right? And then a big player that is heavily tied to the very old school, old school industry yeah. of oil and gas Absolutely. is going to say, well, you know what? We can yeah. buy you out with pocket change yeah. and then we don't have to worry about our business for the next few years. Mm-hmm. But even the big boys are starting to see, the, see mm-hmm. it. Even like BP is switching to a lot more, you know, uh, renewable energies, uh, Norway, for example, mm. uh, they're switching to a lot of uh, renewables, even though they have a huge store of of gas and uh, and oil. Yeah. So, and uh, on top of that, even private guys like Jeff Bezos just announced right. a ten billion dollar Earth Fund. Right. For for you know for uh, this kind of technology and Bill Gates. What's the, what's this about? So I, I haven't heard about. So this. so he's basically pledging ten billion dollars. Okay. For you know uh, technologies and. 
and uh, that kind of stuff to mo- okay. to move it forward, to move the technology forward. All all kinds of renewables, yeah. you know. Yeah. And Bill Gates has been doing this for decades, right? Yeah. Through his uh, foundation. Right. So he's invested in a company called TerraPower, which is uh, they're trying to figure out a new way to do uh, nuclear. Okay. Um, and so yeah, it, it's coming. It's there. It's just having the resort, the the you know, like I said, the willingness to do it by government because I mean it costs yeah. money, right? So yeah, I think the Volkswagen example is a, uh, is a good example of of how the government is is kind of working. Well, in through the administration yeah. of justice, I guess, yeah. but whatever, yeah. it's still government. Yeah, and they're they're working to solve this problem mm-hmm. proactively with right. the very companies that. Yeah, you know, in the in the way have caused the problem, but in another way are can be part of the solution. Solution, too. yeah, because yeah. they have the resources, they have the exactly. economies of scale, scale. they have yep. all of the. Things they have the experience needed. that. Mm-hmm. So, it's just about moving it forward, yeah. and I don't know what it'll take to push all governments to do it. Like, I was thinking, you know, maybe the UN needs to set up some kind of fund where every country, you know. Um, puts in a percentage of their GDP into this fund, you know, yeah. and, and the biggest contributors obviously have to put a bit more, uh, like, for example, the U.S., Canada, China, then, you know, other smaller con- nations that don't uh, contribute as much, and put that in a fund and start, you know, pushing these technologies forward, like build this carbon recapture technology mm-hmm. build those plants that take plastics and recycle them into fuels you know we need to start doing that i mean the amount of plastic uh, as you've seen right the amount of plastic we have in the world is is unbelievable like yeah. like you've got the you know the pacific uh, barrier um, garbage patch mm-hmm. out in, in the pacific it's the size of texas Jeez. so and there's there and there's five of those patches throughout the world there's one in the atlantic you know and we're just we're using our planet as a dumping ground right we need to start i think you're 100 percent right i think we we need to unite as a as a collective species and not as individual yeah. hundreds of countries yeah and we, you know imagine contributing to that gdp for for climate change uh, mm-hmm. resolution mm-hmm. matters as opposed to going to war over oil. Yeah, exactly. Like, like are you fighting for 1950 or yeah. are you fighting for, for the 2050? Exactly. Because yeah. one's going to happen and yeah. one already has. Exactly. And they're saying landfills are the new, will be the future gold mi- gold mines because... <laughs> from all the scrap From all the and- all electronics, from all the plastics, from all the waste, you'll basically just be able to t- go there, mine it, yeah use it without you know mining it out of the ground or using oil to build uh, plastic bottles and stuff like that so so we need to move that forward and there are people doing it which is the good thing you know i mean we've we've done this before you know with the ozone layer back in the 80s we've we've come together as a species tell me about that so in i was was under lockdown till yeah so so they noticed in the 80s uh cfc's uh chlorofluorocarbons were uh destroying the ozone layer which is the the very things that that uh, trap the heat in in the atmosphere yeah which keep it uh well so the ozone layer is so the ozone layer uh, is used to as a protective layer for from uh, solar rays and uv rays 
Oh, yes. okay. okay. So, so, it's, a so it's a little different than than carbon dioxide. So it protects us from UV rays right, right, and right. solar winds and stuff like that. So they noticed the CFCs, which is was used in ACs and refrigerants, were depleting that ozone layer. Like that freon stuff. Yeah. So oh, okay, it was okay, okay, it was okay. the. So no, so sorry. Those are CFCs. Freon replaced CFCs. Okay. Okay. So. Um, there's levels to this yeah so they they noticed that it was depleting the ozone layer so Mm the in the 80s there was uh, and they met in montreal it was called the montreal uh, accord and uh, all countries around the world i forgot how many there was came together Mm -hmm. to stop and ban the use of cfcs okay and it worked uh we're on track to fully uh recover the ozone layer by 2030 Oh man, that's so NASA has been monitoring it like through yeah. satellites, and you you could see they actually have it on their website time lapse of right, right. where we are, and it and it's it's fixing itself, right? That's because amazing, man. we've removed CFCs out of the atmosphere, so we've come together to do it. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. we just have to apply that again yeah. to this. We owe it to the world. You know, we've built so much technology to make mm-hmm. our lives comfortable and we're super pampered and we have heating systems yeah. and access to all the food we could possibly want. Yep. And, and really, we're bored. We have it so fucking yeah. good. We don't yeah. have existential crisis. You mean, in the, fear. you mean in the West, right? Yeah, yeah. like relatively to, you know, yeah. where we are and, and the audience that's listening. But we, it's like, okay, now that we've achieved this level of luxury that mm-hmm. sure we built and through hard work and all that, Oh, but now let's give back. Let's right. use the 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 all this added technology and and uh, connectivity and ability to communicate mm-hmm. to actually communicate as yeah. a species of seven point five billion, billion yeah. as opposed to little countries that have their little mm-hmm. interests and. Well, unfortunately, like, like we've spoken about this before, I mean, we are still tribal beings, yeah. and so there's still that, and there's still economies at play in each country right so i mean it's easier said than done it's, oh, it's nice it's nice to have that you know utopian view like let's all come together and right but it'll never happen you, you can't you can't level. you can't tell a struggling country you know like put some resources into fixing yeah. the uh, you know the atmosphere no so it's kind of hard to say that when the u.s for example has been pumping you know uh yeah. carbon for the last 60 years yeah and this country has has barely done that and asking them to do it you know so it's hard but that's where the big the big countries the big carbon emitters have to step in and kind of say okay we've done this like for example china is a big one Mm -hmm. uh the u.s is a big one canada is there too and you're so right man like the guys that still have aspirations to move up they don't want. They to don't stop. care. They don't want to stop they playing the care. game. They just exactly. figured out the game. They just figured out the now game. They're right. like, we're good at the yeah, game yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. You can't be like, oh, these guys are telling us to stop. Oh, stop doing this because it hurts the environment. No, no, no. These guys want to get rich. They want to, you know, yeah. they want to feel feed their families. So yeah, it, it's easier said than done. But they also have to realize that if you destroy the planet, what what is it going to matter? All that money, right, or, or all that power, yeah. or whatever. It's not going to matter. Or their kids and grandkids. That's what, exactly what it. What do they have? Yeah, that's sure, it. Sure, the grid's all interconnected. Mm-hmm. And if you can get a subscription model for whatever fucking yeah. comfort or performance pod and efficiency of navigation and whatever. Yeah. And great, as long as we're not polluting the earth. And, yeah. And, well, and that's it. the thing. Like, all these, like, rulers and governments, it's like, how much more money do you need, right? Like, mm-hmm. 
like there's got to be a point of how much more power and land do you need like yeah. let's let's shift a bit and start looking at some of this stuff because we're gonna destroy ourselves the planet is not gonna care the planet will just no. go on it's we're gonna destroy ourselves no, right exactly exactly so we're actually we've we've almost made ourselves less adaptable yeah like the, it's it's almost funny because what's made us you know the dominant species is, right is our yeah. ability to adapt, adapt to our conditions yeah i think we've actually gone backwards, backwards yeah we've like, become so comfortable that we don't want to lose that so we don't want to adapt to anything like but imagine I, something happens we lose electricity oh yeah exactly yeah like how much paper money do you have i think i got 30 bucks in my wallet like it's, oh I, I i made the decision to keep yeah. A, a couple of thousand at home. You got money under your mattress, bro. <laughs> well, it's not under my mattress, but <laughs> it's stuffed away somewhere. Camera. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I made the decision because I saw that like if a solar flare hits and wipes out yeah. the grid, then what? You're yeah. you're done. Like most people don't have enough food stored away to sustain them for three days. Like we're so no. I mean we're Th- is this where the doomsday prep conversation? Yeah, that's well, yeah, prep. that's where doomsday preppers come in. But I'm not a yeah. doomsday prepper. I just you know, I like to to, no. to to have some kind of contingency plan a little bit. I mean, I'm I'd still be screwed too. Like I don't have three days worth of food. No, I don't have here. I don't have, you know, a million flashlights. I don't have a mm-hmm. you know, some kind of weapon. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any of that, right? I just Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just store, kept some paper money around in case I need to buy stuff, you know, without my credit card or phone. So Bro, the end of the world comes around. I don't know. I got my fat bike. And I've seen yeah, you got the fat bike and rub it together and create a fire, and that's literally like. Have you ever done that? No. Yeah, I've seen people do it. Okay, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know. Try. It's do, good to have seen it. Try doing that in Canada in winter. <laughs> good luck in Ottawa yeah. in winter. No, not gonna but, happen. But uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of digressing a little bit. But uh, but we're we're actually lucky to be Canadian because mm-hmm. you know as as global warming continues. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's gonna shift northbound. Absolutely, like, and and they're seeing it. They're seeing uh, bugs and diseases that were in right. the equator or in the south now shifting northward that they've never seen before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, certain types of ticks are now you know in. Yeah, it's a huge issue this mm-hmm, year, and that's mm-hmm. one of the worst things you can get. Yeah, it's such a seemingly nothing yeah, thing, and yet but, it can take your life. Yeah, these are things that we never had to deal with that we might have to in the future. And mm-hmm. we've, like I said before, Canada is situated in a very good place. Like, we have a lot of natural re- resources. We, we have the most uh, freshwater rivers in the world. Mm-hmm. So we're in a good spot, right? A mm-hmm. lot of other places, unfortunately, they're not. Yeah. You know, low, low-lying coastal uh, places... Yeah. Uh, other places that have severe droughts. I mean, these places are going to get wiped off the map. Yo, I thought Miami was going to bounce. <laughs> and and it there's and they're saying it still might. It's low lying, yeah. right? And with the increase of uh global warming, yeah. that increases the oceans cuz you're putting more heat, it expands it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The ocean rises. Yeah. They they're saying most coastal areas are going to be flooded in in 80 years. So yeah and i'm not really sure how what what you do about that i mean you could build retaining walls but up to so much right no i mean obviously the answer is to reverse the global warming trend right so to to stop it as soon as realistically feasible because yes it's a it's a huge intertwined Mm -hmm. giant macro economy yeah uh you know playing with each other right at the international scale yeah but i i think i think it's it's the only solution is to Mm -hmm. to address that Mm -hmm. and then allow 
you know, continue making efforts as the repercussions start to unwind. Yeah. But how much time would we be looking at for the damage that's been done to well the well the damage will it just while the damage that that we've already done the damage we're already late so it's that's just the new default now we're yeah we're late so today is today is we're we're late on average the warmest yeah and it's it's gonna continue it's gonna continue to do so the two degrees will not we will hit that threshold what's the two degrees exactly so the two degrees is an increase in in ocean levels uh increase in weather patterns more drought okay and so on so that that but we're what, gonna hit what exactly has to increase by two degrees the average temperature the, the temperature of the, of the planet okay by two degrees celsius and and over what period of time uh i'm not a hundred percent sure okay. uh in terms of the period of time like, but are they are saying couple decades or shorter than that shorter than that holy cow yeah so so Maybe, well, sorry, yeah. sorry. I, let, let me rephrase that. They're they're saying that we will hit two degrees by the end of the by the end of the century, which is what we okay. need to try to avoid. But we're already late on that because the policies that they tried to put in the in the Paris Agreement is already failing, which was the Paris Agreement was a few years ago that also brought uh, all the countries in the world together to reduce their carbon emissions and so on and so forth. We're not. No country is meeting that. And didn't the U.S. just jump out last year? Exactly. Trump pulled out last year of the Paris Agreement. So we're we're already not meeting that. And how about that coal industry, though? Exactly that coal industry. Yeah, (laughs) the clean coal, as Trump calls it, which is there's no such thing as clean (laughs) coal. Not not to go into there's no such thing as clean coal. What do we avoid? Religion and politics. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So if exactly yeah. ask ask coal miners about their coal lung and ask if that's clean coal so yeah um we had i haven't been keeping up with the presidential candidates because frankly i got better things well me neither i don't even know i who's, used to though at some point yeah i mean but, i don't i don't even care i don't know who's running i mean other than bernie and yeah that's it but i mean I, uh, I I saw hope, you know, and unfortunately, I think Yang just pulled out. Andrew, Andrew Yang, Yang, yeah, he did, yeah. But I remember, uh, you know, very, very minimal amount of, of research, but mm-hmm. he was for artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah. And he was for uh, uh, reducing the, the, the climate crisis yeah. in, in yeah. Yeah. various ways. And, and yeah. I thought, well, here's a common sense young person, yeah. very relatable, yeah. who understands modern day issues yeah. of technology, of of climate change right and wants to continue the 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 u.s to be at the forefront of right. these major worldwide economic issues mm-hmm. and and yeah you know i had hope yeah and I mean, i'm not saying it's just him but yeah but it's i I, the obvious I, I don't know i i think it's gonna have to come from the people from all of us you know, and I, you see it happening, right? Like with the protests. Yeah. And I think what will push it forward more than it did in the 80s and the 90s, I think, is the internet. The fact that we're interconnected, the yeah. fact that, you know, we, we know more stuff as a collective and we could share more stuff, you know, I think that'll permeate throughout the common knowledge. Yeah. Like you see it now, right? It, everybody knows about co- single-use plastics and is like, Let's reduce plastic use. 
you know yeah like you saw what happened uh last year with the with the straws right yeah. when when that uh youtube video of the turtle went viral of them pulling out the straw out of its n- nostril and it bleeding you saw you remember that? that maybe you didn't oh, see it but anyway goodness. so that went viral yeah. causing you know the whole ban plastic straws shock effect right? yeah it's like, exactly this, is this. The the, exactly yeah. so so th- we have that at our disposal, the internet. So I think mm-hmm. that's going to help push it forward. 100%. Now we still need big corporations to get on board because they need to change the way they package things. They need the way they need to change the way they do business. They can't just be all about profit. They need to look yeah. at some of these things. And I mean, I hate to say this because they've said this before. Coke now is, even though they've said this before, mm. they're going to try to go to 100% uh, recycled bottles dove is also saying that okay so again hopefully yeah that comes true and they start doing it because we need to we need to change our habits yeah. all, all of us like and i understand it's difficult like me even knowing the science behind it is still difficult for me to break away from mm-hmm. like you said from being so comfortable right yeah. the single-use plastic at the cafeteria or the you know the the cup of whatever tea or or coffee it's just so easy so we can only go so far as individuals but governments and and companies have to step in to help like 100 percent. we can't do it on our own like you know you can only recycle so much you can and even that recycling is broken like as you know recycling is broken what what you told me i guess let's talk about this because that that downright saddened me to hear yeah. so was how much percent of what we think is being recycled when our so only nine percent of what we put in nine. the recycle bin gets recycled and part of the reason for that is a lot of uh, cities and municipalities and uh, states have gone to what's called single uh, single um, single use recycling or it's not single use, but single stream uh, mm-hmm. uh, recycling, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember back in the old days, you had the black box and then the blue box, right? The black box was for the papers yeah. and the cans. And then the... It still is. Oh, you have? Well, okay. Sorry, black so, for paper, blue for... So like I said, some, some cities and municipalities have gone to single stream, okay. which you put everything in the one big blue box okay. bin. And that's how it is, for example, in Gatineau. So is you this put, a volume management thing where they want just so, everything together and then they'll deal with it? Yeah, because for one thing, they want it to make it easier for the consumers, right? They don't want you to figure out, does this go in this box and that box, right? So what's happened is because now you're putting everything in the one bin, mm. it's contaminating the flow, right? So for example, you have paper in there and then you throw a thing of yogurt that mm. contaminates the paper. They can no longer use that they can no longer recycle the paper. So that's been part of the reason why recycling actually has dropped. Also, mm. there isn't there isn't the infrastructure to re- to recycle all the stuff we put in yeah. the recycling bin, right? Like the plastic bags, the the different types of plastics, everything's made out of plastic, right? I mean, I understand so, that I I understand not everything you you try to recycle will be recyclable, mm-hmm. but I mean, I mean, it's pretty easy to separate them between, you know, paper versus plastic yeah. for the end user. Yeah. But has that still not 
been effective either like having them in separate streams as opposed to single stream so they used to be in separate streams right. but and now most cities have gone to single stream because it also makes it easier for the consumer but also from a logistics point of view right you just have this one box that you pull up with and then you lift into the garbage oh, into yeah, the okay. recycling right. box and then you move on to the next one right it's one big bin as opposed to multiple small ones right like yeah. So it makes it easier from a logistics point of view, from a consumer point of view. But the end result, but the end is, result is, is highly ineffective. Right. 9%, has, exactly. Nine percent has so it hasn't helped, right? So the these things, what's happening now. So what happened is this stuff was being shipped overseas to China. Mm. All our recycling or a good portion of our recycling from the developed world was going to China. Mm-hmm. In twenty eighteen, China put a stop to it. They okay. said they don't, they didn't want to be the world's dumping ground anymore. So now they only accept ninety nine point nine percent pure, uh, grade A um, recyclable materials. So if anything is contaminated, you know, above point one percent, they won't accept it. Goes to show you where they are if they're being picky. Yeah. So they've realized what it's doing to their environment. So. That too. So yeah, so they've put a stop to it, and so what's happened is, it's caused all the Western countries now to basically all they're doing is throwing their um, their recyclables into landfills. So now we're now we've lost recycling. Now we've yeah now we've lost even more than the nine percent. So that's why these technologies with the you know mm-hmm. taking plastics and turning mm-hmm. it into fuel is such a great thing mm-hmm. you know we need to do that because that'll be a gold mine like people will now be buying your recycled material you know so cities and municipalities and states and provinces will mm-hmm. be able mm-hmm. to benefit from that right like imagine having yeah. um a fuel recycling uh you know, uh, system in each province. Yeah. And then that province can sell those fuels, yeah. can make money off of it. So that sounds, it, that sounds amazing. It's, yeah. It sounds like, you know, where's the catch? Like, is it just yeah. highly expensive and that's why there's well, only the one plant? Well, that, that is part of it, right? It is, it is expense. You know, mm-hmm. you got to build these plants at scale. Yeah. You know, um, the, the process used is expensive uh so there is that catch but as but you have to start somewhere right you got to start somewhere in order for the for the technology to get cheaper over time so that has to happen just like what happened with batteries right lithium-ion batteries now they're Mm -hmm. in cars and they're getting affordable-ish right it's standard lithium-ion is almost standard for any commercial grade yeah, like non non toy battery. Yeah, anything, right? But I mean, in terms of it got to the it got to a price point that you could put it in a car yeah. that is affordable ish, yeah. right? So it just needs to get cheaper, and that technology just needs to get cheaper and at scale, so that we could start doing this. Yeah, and you're right. The governments have to step. Of in course, and, and they have to. They like, have to put regulation. They have to. They have to put taxes mm-hmm. on on you know um, on industry. They have to tax them, which unfortunately will trickle down to the consumer. So, again, For you see... For the greater purpose of making the I know, overall ecosystem but, work. But do you, yeah. as the consumer that probably may be struggling paycheck to paycheck, do you want to sacrifice? Do you want to make that sacrifice? I mean, 
at the effective level, it's it's a very minor. Like yeah, tax. Well, you know what I, I mean. I shouldn't say that because what no. uh, fuel is taxed on like fifty percent. Yeah, right? I shouldn't say that, but we don't really have the voting power as the consumer. Like we mm-hmm. we do, but we don't really. Yeah. We're at the mercy of the offering of the largest. Uh, you know, corporate players are right. the ones that are most daring as smaller players to yeah. take over a part of the market. Yeah. We're at the mercy of them figuring out what the consumers need and whether they think it's beneficial to also be uh, environmentally friendly and yeah. going about their business operations. Yeah. But, you know, we, you and I can talk about it here all we want and, and publish it and all this oh, stuff. Yeah, not what's, you know... But it's it's bigger it's bigger bigger names and have talked about it and it hasn't gone anywhere, right? So, it, well, there has to be a willingness from from all levels that we want yeah. we want to do this. We need to do this. Well, so. isn't SpaceX in partnership with the U.S. government for developing all that technology and and? Well, they're in in partnership with with the government with the government uh, to put like. Uh, space missions right. for space missions yes so that's what I mean so that I guess that's an example of a very large corporation mm-hmm. with, with with very large governmental backing mm-hmm. for a mutually beneficial, beneficial goal right and it's just that you know Elon Musk is obviously well known so is Tesla so is SpaceX yeah. but at the end of the day a lot of government contracts uh, you know go to contractors yeah just so happens this is a publicly traded contractor yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah so it's possible it's it's possible. It's, it's possible. It's almost like we need to shift to a new school way of thinking, mm-hmm. and 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 that might take decades, unfortunately, right? Like the new millennials coming in or the new kids growing up, they're gonna see this, and eventually they'll enact those, you know, those laws that will push that forward. Yeah. So I think that it's gonna take, you know, it's gonna be generational, unfortunately. I, I mean. Or fortunately, I mean, I could I could already give millennials the credit because I think their increased usage of technology and communication mm-hmm. have raised these issues yeah, to a to higher, higher level, level of awareness exactly. to other people. To other people, yeah. Just you know, yeah, didn't, didn't care. Or, yeah, yeah, right. Because if like if you're near the tail end of your career, yeah, right, and you and you say you want like to just cruise control there, and I'm not talking about anyone in particular, mm-hmm. but. You know, here comes this whole new thing, and yeah. there's a corporation. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if you're the CEO, are yeah. you gonna just no. create yourself a big friggin' hassle, or do you want to yeah. just kind of wind Post, it out? Exactly. And, you want to implement a new process. It who you are. It well, exactly. It there, who you are. there are the go getters that will want to do that, and there's the, that's it. There's the ones that just want to, you know, coast, and you really want to be the one changing the process and implementing new strategies. That's and, it new technologies to do that but i think the millennials think, are, are coming in with with energy and yeah. purpose and and uh, communication tools yeah, and, yeah. and increased awareness and mm-hmm. and maybe even a similar mindset of, of increased cooperation yeah and being nice to each other and you know yeah so um maybe maybe you know just as as time passes and and the generations change mm-hmm. and workplaces change and, and and work culture and values yeah. and ethics change um Hopefully, man, because it, it already sounds like we're we're eight decades too late. Yeah, we're right? like if it's gonna take until well, they they've they've known well. I mean, they've known from the '60s that carbon dioxide, the burning of fossil fuels, was was bad for the environment, right? They knew that back then, and you know, big corporations like what big corporations want to mm-hmm. do is make money, right? 
Yeah, like I'm so, sure when Shell was advertising, they weren't advertising the very negative things. Of course, business right? Model. They it's were just advertising... like cigarette companies yeah. were advertising not the bad, the lung cancer, right? No, most doctors recognize Rec- most. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and that's the thing. And and then I guess again, we're looking at it from a place of privilege, right? When you look at it from poor countries or developing countries, it's like, can you really tell that? that person in a developing country that barely has any food don't throw that plastic there or don't do this to harm the environment no they don't care they just they want to eat you know they want to feed their family so it's hard and as china and india come on board they want a western way of life they want to eat you know uh they want to eat beef they want to eat chicken like we do and Mm. that's another thing that isn't talked about a lot is a lot of people think it's transportation is the biggest culprit but in fact it's it's uh, factory farming and the raising of livestock that's actually a bigger contributor to uh, greenhouse gases i'm glad you raised this because you know we kind of started this whole thing by talking about cars and whatnot and, mm-hmm. you know both of us are are, are car nuts uh, car nuts are, yeah. Are, yeah exactly yeah. Like automotive enthusiasts mm-hmm. but hobbyists essentially yeah. you know yeah. the average person doesn't even know what a automotive well, enthusiast is, is like, yeah it just sounds retarded yeah <laughs> um so um but but the bigger issue is is, is not definitely, often realized no, no that, that's a thing people harp on transportation but that's not the biggest thing transportation accounts for about 12 to 15 percent of carbon emissions i've read again i don't know if this is 100 percent true that uh fa- factory farming accounts for around 48 percent of greenhouse gases and half. so half and it comes from methane which is 86 times more uh, detrimental than carbon dioxide and methane comes from basically the emissions of you know uh, of feces cows of cows farting, feces right? farting legit bur- question but yeah, right? burp- yeah burping and so it comes from all that livestock you know you've got we've got right now 20 billion we have 20 billion chickens 7 billion cows, 7 billion pigs in the world. That's at our current level of, of, of eating. Imagine having China and India come on board. Now, granted, okay, India, beef, we know is sacred. So, but mm. imagine those coming on board. What will happen? yeah we will not be able to sustain that like if every country was western level was western and we're talking about the two most populated countries china and india if they start and and they're going towards that trend right Mm -hmm. as their quality of life is improving they are starting to have a western way of life which means a car two cars eating eating meat multiple times a week you know, moving away from a plant-based diet, convenience foods, convenience food, exactly, processed food, exactly, all all the trappings, you know, uh, that we have AC, heat, uh, buying new clothes, you know, that's another thing, fast fast fashion is also a huge contributor. So with all that coming on board, we have to realize that we cannot sustain this. Yeah, We, we just can't, there isn't enough, there isn't enough landmass to do it. So we that's why you're seeing, you know, this huge increase of um, uh, rab, lab-grown meat companies coming mm-hmm. on board. Yeah, Beyond Meat. Beyond Meat and the Impossible uh, burger. Company Burger. So that's that's one way of doing it. And so that, that looks promising. 
So it's just it's just a matter of getting people on board to eat a lab grown beef or chicken or or pork. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's funny you you not funny but interesting you bring up China and India because I was just kind of thinking a lot of what we consume, a lot of what we buy. Uh, so a lot of the software we we use mm-hmm. on our apps and all this stuff is made in India, mm-hmm. and a lot of the manufactured goods and packaging is all from China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's why you can you know you can buy a, a ten dollar t shirt and you can buy a hundred and twenty dollar t shirt. Yep. I mean, one was made in a sweatshop ish condition, exactly. and the other was made by a designer in Milan, and mm. like or I don't know, I don't know for one hundred twenty dollars. That's still Sorry, yeah. that's still yeah. made in China again. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm shopping for my hypercar, I'll you're be shopping still, for my designer. You're still looking, Milan yeah. Fucking so shirt. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, there there all are a lot of individuals out there that are that are doing something. Yeah, that are you know looking for new technologies and new things to help us. For example, there's there's this guy out of the Netherlands called Boyan Slat. He um, uh, so he what he wanted to do is he wanted to clean up plastics and mm-hmm. uh, going back to the great pacific garbage patch that right. i was talking about the one the size of texas right he's taken it upon himself to clean that using a robot an ai robot that basically goes around the garbage pulls it into a barge and then the barge takes that and puts it in a landfill that's amazing yeah and now he's actually going a step forward further is he's going to use the plastics that they collect reuse it for consumer goods and sell it okay so build you know whatever glasses or water bottles or stuff out of it so wow yeah yeah. wow yeah so is this robot running autonomously yes uh around the clock yep around the clock and it i guess it takes a time out to charge like is that the robot it's solar sleeping time it's it's solar (laughs) it's fully solar uh i don't know if it's fully solar it's solar and i'm I'm sure it's got, to be honest with you, I don't know the yeah. full technologies. I don't know if it's solar and uh, recharge uh, yeah. or or not. But basically, we, it's autonomous. It runs 24-7. And uh, yeah, it collects garbage. And there, he's, he's anticipating he wants to clean half that patch by 2025. So. Wow. Yeah, so all he has to do is deploy four of the four more of those robots okay. to the other patches, and then you know, in a couple of decades, we can clean that up. And also, what they've discovered and so, and what's what's that causing right now in the Pacific? Oh, it's uh, is, well, I'm it's, sure there's so like, um, uh, sea life has been affected. Yes, right? so sea what, life is that sea life? Yeah. <laughs> so what's happening is it's creating what's called microplastics. And uh, what's happening is that's getting into the ecosystem and to the food chain and we're consuming it. So what's happening is when the plastic is just sitting out there for years and decades, the sun breaks it down into small particulates, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. eventually drops down and then fish, shrimp and fish eat it. Right. It gets into them and then we eat the fish, oh, gets into us. And now they're, they've basically found microplastics on every continent and every part of the world there's nowhere say nowhere that they haven't found plastics it's in every it's in water it's in every bottled water that we have it's in literally everything i mean myself included but good job humanity yeah right yeah like totally myself included yeah we've all done it and now now they're seeing sea life 
they're seeing uh, birds just full of dying and they open them up and they're just full of plastic whales seals birds sharks everything because i mean they don't know the difference right they just see this little pellet of thing and they eat it so of course of course so so it's getting into into that stream it's getting into us it's uh yeah it's destroying the oceans so so we're we're destroying the air that we need to breathe we're destroying we're the destroying oceans the water we're destroying we the, we're, we're destroying the food chain we're destroying the water yeah we're basically destroying everything i legit feel less good yeah as being a human being than i did an hour yeah ago. <laughs> i mean it's sad but it's also the cost of progress yeah. right like we didn't know we just didn't know that right. like plastic was heralded as this thing that was gonna you know and it it has done a lot like let's not take away from it plastic has improved our quality of life by you know 10 a hundred fold you know without it we wouldn't be where we are right now so you can't for the vast majority it wasn't a mischievous effort no not at all no 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 Uh, yeah i don't think most things are to be honest with you uh i agree they, I agree. they we just were painting it that way yeah but, they're but not there isn't this big global thing that says oh we're no. gonna have not, like nobody wants nobody wants that right yeah uh it just morphs into into that because there's a lot of people uh humans want things and we we're lazy we want the easiest way to get things so it yeah. just kind of morphs into more cars bigger cars more gas faster food uh easier disposable single-use things but it's endless it's endless because as you get busier yeah right you have less time so so you mean as as individuals or as as the human race well let's say even as a society let's Mm -hmm. say you go from extreme poverty and no opportunities yeah to decades later you got tremendous amount of western level uh opportunities Mm -hmm. right and so you're busier and so you have less time to you know take care of stuff right in in a in a healthy way either for yourself or for the environment so yeah. you're going to consume fast food yeah, and course. discard the fast food container yeah and it's 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 almost like like everyone's aspiring to this standard mm-hmm. but if the western world has proven well the western world has proven many things but, yeah but it's also proven that there can be detrimental effects to the pursuit of corporate you know profits but do, but do you as the guy living in this poor impoverished village or city care of course not no you just want to eat but that's, right? that's why it's for the countries with with the highest gdps i think to to contribute the most well those to, are the ones that have put in the most yeah. carbon into the atmosphere they're the yeah. ones that have polluted the most so they need yeah they need to step up we all need to step up right so uh yeah the people who don't have a television aren't the ones contributing no, to global warming no <laughs> so that's, that's their their, their carbon footprint is minuscule compared to us right yeah. like we actually car- actually there there are victims in a way yeah of because course because the droughts that happen the floods that happen they can't relocate mm-hmm. like we can they don't have the money to yeah. you know to fix their house or move away or do whatever they need to right so yeah it's also nice to hear philanthropic is that Phil- the right word philanthropic, philanthropic yeah efforts, efforts. like jeff bezos and, and well jeff bezos gates just got on but bill gates has been doing it for decades for a while for a while yeah. th- through the uh, gates and melinda foundation yeah uh bill he's and, a bit older too 
like yeah, Bezos yeah, is still yeah, running Amazon, yeah. right? And, and yeah. Bill Gates retired. Retired, but even before that, he was he yeah. was running the foundation with his wife. His wife was running it, but he was a huge contributor of it. See, they're so. they're, the, they're the ones who kind of get it. Like they, yeah. they have so many resources. Yeah, they, they beyond yeah. what they would ever I mean, need. They could buy a fucking island. How many cars to. and houses and yachts do you need? Right. right at one point, it's like okay, let's do something. But they're doing the right thing. They are, by, yeah, by yeah, contributing to a greater cause. Absolutely. And, I mean, and that's not the only thing. They they do all, lots of other stuff, right? Yeah. You know, they've eradicated, almost eradicated polio and other types of diseases in, in Africa and other parts of the world. So Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... The progress is being made. Yeah, I mean, slowly but surely. And that's the thing, right? We're looking at it from where we are. We're in it. Yeah. Right? So history is going to prove, is going to show that we... I hope that we got out of it, right? And it took mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah, we had, I think, our, our bigger issues, you know, looking at the history that we learned going through the education mm-hmm. system was world wars. Yeah. <laughs> we, like, we don't have time to worry about being at war with each other. Mm-hmm. We need to find the time to unite mm-hmm. on these, sure, utopian, mm-hmm. but, yeah, we need to unite and, and take care of, of ourselves and the planet we're on. Yeah, definitely. For for, for our children and, and their children and, and future well, for, generations. For every and, for everybody, right? For for us, for their, our children, for their yeah. For yeah. <coughs> for the continuation of the human race, right? I mean even though we won't be around to see it, but it's yeah. still good to know that we're gonna continue on, right? Yeah, no, exactly. So So then are we gonna be okay with Formula E? And no engine sounds. I don't know. That's I'm still trying to grapple with that, man. Have you heard? <laughs> have you heard those? Have you watched a, yeah, a race it's with that Formula E? It's that, like that they sound like RC cars. I still I don't know. I still miss engine sounds. I saw I saw this video the other day. The guy was I'm not watching lie it live, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it'll never compare. But he said the feeling is there still is something there, and and I yeah. think they slingshot like just ridiculously fast oh yeah i mean to the instant torque right yeah and they've got these things called um uh the the power boosts uh and uh what's what's the other thing where the crowd the crowd boost so the crowd if they like you they vote on an app and you get an extra boost of power get out of here yeah there's also so in formula and formula one. and formula e formula, oh, formula e. e okay and th- th- so there's this other thing <laughs> it's basically like mario kart it's like the millennial motorsport yeah it's so it's like uh, also like mario kart if you go offline there's certain areas that give you a power boost so when you go there it gives you a power boost that you can use later on but of course you have to go offline so that compromises yeah. your entry to the next turn right but if you're willing to take it and go on the marbles you can get that power boost and if you're a popular driver, you could get the crowd boost. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, it's amazing. This is why esports is a thing. Yeah, essentially. I like. I cannot say more than this one sentence on yeah. it because I haven't looked into it. I'm not interested, but that's a thing. Like, And and that's kind of this, just more of that. Like, You literally yeah. have the fans participating in the, in the race. Participating yeah, and giving your driver a boost in energy. So imagine like <laughs> this guy tries to cheat through the corkscrew at Laguna, and he just like, <laughs> yeah, know, takes the tangent line through that that whole yeah. thing, and then the crowd's like, yeah, let's give him ten seconds of power boost. <laughs> Everyone else is like, uh. yeah. Well, you can't really you can't do it that way. So the, the way it works is you gotta vote 
before the day before the race and up to five minutes after the race started based and then, on qualifying or based on i'm not really no ba- no just based on it's through the app okay. and it's based on whoever you like as a driver so your it's favorite driver it's not live uh it's up so like i said it's the day you you vote the day before up to five minutes after the race starts and then voting stops okay. and then whoever is the most popular gets the power boost so <laughs> yeah that's cool. it's interesting it's yeah it's weird it's weird that the crowd yeah some people don't some people like it and others don't obviously because it c- kind of gives a fair unfair advantage yeah, yeah which i can understand so i don't know how i wow. feel about that but but for me it's more about the sound of the cars and yeah. the, the tracks that they race at it's still still not not yeah. up to the level of formula one and we're old school man. We're, we are still old school i mean it's hard like 90s old school yeah but at this point it's becoming old school <laughs> yeah no kidding i mean i still miss the sound of those v10 engines oh yeah that last m5 with the v10 yeah that was i mean that was not a great car or, to or, own or the carrera G- or the carrera gt remember yeah. the carrera gt yeah have you ever heard that thing live oh were saw you there in ottawa i saw were you there one, when we- he wasn't pinning it oh they're we- rare you weren't there when we went to the you know the preston the italian week yeah it was one year one year we went but there was one year where there was a career gt oh I was. and you know you know that part on carling where they do that like circle yeah yeah. oh man yeah yeah. the sound of that car the year we went (sighs) the it was like no one put on like an amazing show that well that guy in the bm well that guy in the bmw actually remember yeah Yeah. he he did a couple yeah it was like the non-ferrari car that yeah remember he (laughs) almost put it in the in the barrier (laughs) <laughs> no but yeah i can see that he almost hit the barrier like a mustang at uh at a car show yeah <laughs> yo man i think we uh we covered a lot i think i think i learned we a hit lot. an hour we were we're oh. well one hour in yeah. one hour in, yeah. eh? yeah that's man it goes by so quick it does there's other stuff i wanted to talk about but yeah you brought like you're i, I you're like um you know of all my friends you're like a mixture of like Lex Friedman and and what's the astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson? <laughs> you come here with notes and prepared, and you know a tremendous amount of things um, that I haven't had time to look into, but that yeah. interests me. So I, I honestly really value and appreciate. The well, that's why you're doing the podcast, right? You bring people that you know yeah. know stuff about things, and because we don't always have the no. time to talk about exactly. this, and sometimes when the other boys are boys, around, yeah, it just religion and politics. It just right? morphs into uh, so much for Mother Nature and global warming. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, you know, we we need to have a podcast where we bring uh, the other person that has a different view on this. I think we should, yeah, onto the podcast and discuss this. Yeah because he's got his views and i got mine <laughs> you could be the me <laughs> all right we'll, all right man uh, we'll leave it on a suspenseful note definitely jj all right buddy. thanks buddy thank you cheers cheers Hey, thanks for checking out One Hour In Podcast number nine. I uh, really enjoyed this one because it was downright eye-opening. It bridges the gap for me among a few things I'm really into as a biker, as a car guy. I'm into motorsports, uh, but also nature. So that was super cool, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. Now, don't forget to check out the One Hour In Podcast on YouTube, and I'll see you on number 10.